0: We don't want to force someone into believing something. We just want to present all information available. That's it. So there is no bias in terms of is that a very large page that pays us a lot of um, ad revenue or is whatever. We don't have that at all. So that helps us a lot.
1: Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Blockchain New Zealand podcast. I'm Jeff nicey And today I'm speaking with Jörg Buss, co-founder of Timpy, a decentralized search engine. York is a longtime cybersecurity professional that is now playing in the blockchain space. In this conversation, we talk about taking on Google by incentivizing others to index the web, things like returning unbiased information, as well as some of the ethical issues around AI and also ads in search. Before we get to York, a quick word from our sponsor. The Blockchain New Zealand podcast is brought to you by Easy Crypto. Five years ago, a passionate bunch of Kiwis created Easy Crypto in New Zealand to enable Kiwis and others to buy and sell cryptocurrency. The Easy Crypto website is simple and straightforward. They have heaps of great educational content that caters to both beginners and experts and are very transparent about fees. You can buy crypto with New Zealand dollars or with your credit card and get crypto sent directly to your wallet. Investing in cryptocurrency can, of course, be risky, so always do your own research. Visit easycrypto.com to start your crypto journey today. <laughs> the whole list, I, I, I printed the whole white paper and have been... Uh, oh my God. Combing, <laughs> ...combing through it, marking things where I need uh, clarification. No, 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 I'm, 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 I'm kidding. Jörg, um, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming in on your drive this morning.
0: Thank you and thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> Cheers. Um, uh, I wanted to start just really broad general question, uh, and then we can sort of get into specifics and details of, sure. of what you're up to. But uh, how did you get into search?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. And you can
1: go back as far <laughs> as, you, as you want to.
0: It's not that far. So a couple of years back, um, I founded the business uh, that is called Darkscope. And Darkscope is a cyber intelligence business. And um, for us, or for Darkscope to be able to help customers, I needed to develop a search engine. So that's a different kind of search engine. It's, it's, it's a dark web search engine. Okay. But at that point, I was actually thinking it would be really good to have an alternative to what we have on the market now. And that sparked my idea of, um, of what, where we are today, basically. Yeah. And so what's Darkscope then? Darkscope is, uh, does cyber intelligence. So it helps businesses to identify um, weaknesses in their cybersecurity by analyzing what is already out there. So the biggest risk in cybersecurity is everything that, you know, is, is out in cyberspace. And, um, in order to get visibility, we needed to find a way to go through the dark web to find information about customers. And that's where the search engine
1: okay. was developed. And so like, is that, is that difficult to go like the, the, the dark web, they don't have like human readable URLs and things like this that, that you can it. crawl through. Yeah. Uh, and so like, what are the challenges there?
0: Uh, It has a lot to do with with barriers. So barriers of entry, they want to make sure that you are human. You know that from the internet, are you human? Sure. And on the dark web, it's it's a lot more. Um, And that's where we did develop um, AI models for that and stuff like that. So it was basically, it's not a typical search engine, but it's still from a functionality search engine. And is that still still running? Are you still working on that?: Yeah yeah, yeah. We yeah. Are, um, yeah. We, we got um, high-tech awards twice um, and stuff like that. so yes, it's doing well.
1: And so like who are your potential clients for this? Is, I'm imagining it's just law enforcement that's interested in this sort of thing.
0: Any, any business who wants to know what's their risk? Um, so it's, it's really we have small businesses, we have banks, of course, insurances. so it's it's a broad customer base.
1: So is, is that like risk? Where is the risk here? If you're like a normal business, or if you're like an insurance company, yeah. um, you're talking cyber security yeah. type type of risk. So, risk that
0: potentially,
1: what that you're going to be hacked.
0: Yeah, I mean every so today, every cyber attack is a targeted attack. At least the good ones are, and targeted means the uh, the attacker needs to know about your business. So they need to find out who you are, what you do. Um, what's your staff and stuff like that. And all this information are um, often available on the internet, dark web, social media. So um, before an attacker attacks your business, they will create a profile out of you and they will use all kinds of information. Darkscope does the same. It just shows you what is out there so you can actually create your defense around your risk. So the, the biggest challenge in cyber is you don't know what it is you protect against because right. you don't know your risk and that what, we do a dark scope. We basically solve that.
1: Okay, and then, so then you're providing someone with this risk assessment. You say, "Hey, look at this. Yeah, uh, there's potential for all of these weaknesses in your organization, and you need yeah. someone to go patch your them people up." People
0: or your whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And business business as well. Uh, business is good. Is...
0: Yeah, it's it's doing really good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, yeah. We we just ventured into the United States market. Okay. Um, we are in, in Europe as well, so it's an international business, basically.
1: You've been involved in this sort of cybersecurity side of things for a long, long time.
0: For 25 years, at least. Yes. All right. So
1: that's <laughs> that's a good good fraction, you know, of uh, any human life. That's a, that's getting up there in terms of a high fraction. Yeah. And uh, so, what like what have you, what have you noticed as systems get more complex? As more and more people put everything online as more and more businesses need to absolutely buy and sell and contact everyone online? Like, like what have you noticed in terms of general cybersecurity?
0: Um, it, it's getting more complex, yes. Uh, more and more is outside available. We use more cloud services. The attacker is getting um, better. So they now invest more time in um, really finding information about the next target. It's not this widespread... Um, I'm the prince from South Africa, it's it's now really right. targeted. Okay. And that makes it really hard for businesses to defend against. And so like um,
1: something that would be super critical would be like uh, infrastru- infrastructure in a modern nation or like power grids, things like this. Are, are these like, uh, should we be as worried about these as some people would have us believe in terms of targeted attacks that can do something like take down a hospital? Yeah. Or take down uh, electricity in the winter time. Yes.
0: You can yes, we have seen attacks against the, the power grids uh, in, in in European um, in the European Union. Yeah, and it is it is possible. Um, there is a lot. So at the moment we do see it's still money driven. So that's I think we are lucky I would say, because um, the most attacks we see are money money driven attacks. They want to get some money out of it. Um, if we would see um, attacks that would be just to damage something, we we would. See um, a different kind of attacks, and that okay. would probably be more risky for us as a, as a um, society. Easier to understand
1: the motivation from everyone's point of view if you're just looking for some sort of ransom, yeah. Uh, uh, as opposed to uh, uh, as opposed to like encrypting data and throwing away the key
0: and yeah. and, and so claiming. Hectorivism is not not that. I mean, it's still active, but it's not on the forefront. Forefront is still money, ransom, getting something out of it. Yeah.
1: And where do you rank New Zealand in terms of our defenses? Oh, well,
0: I think New Zealand is really good in terms of technology. Okay. So we are quite often the playground for, uh, th- for the vendors to try something out, which is good. Um, we lacking in policies, procedures, and frameworks. So um, businesses do not implement frameworks as much or have policies as much. And that creates this gray area where the employee doesn't know what's right and what's wrong. And then they fall back to common sense. But the common sense, especially in cybersecurity, is really very different from person to person. So that makes it very challenging to have a really overarching um, cybersecurity strategy. So we do need to do more in um, in the term, in, in the area of policies and procedures. And it, do you think there's a lot of, like, uh, ambulance
1: at the bottom of the cliff stuff? When something happens, then everyone perks up and, and they think, hey, yeah, maybe we, we should...
0: Very reactive.
1: Very reactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um and like surely you've been following various news stories like the DHB hack from uh yep. a year 18 months ago and, and things like this yep. um so like it's my my point here is that it's like it's it's relevant it's here it is here
0: yeah in our in our own neighborhood we we just had it not long ago that we had another incident so yeah it's definitely here yeah um we are physically maybe far away from everyone else, yeah, <laughs> but um you know in the digital world, we are just maybe one hundred eighty milliseconds away from Russia or from China, so okay, it's not that far actually,
1: yeah, when you consider well when you think about like about it like that, how you can route information yeah uh, uh h- halfway around the globe in hundred and eighty milliseconds, yeah, yes. um okay, and so it was that your first f- foray into search uh which you then. Are doing search now which we'll talk about uh or was that just like a side project that you needed to do for your product
0: uh and then you had those skills and you're moving forward now that's so uh, that was my first venture into the search and creating my own search engine or creating a search engine developing a search engine and uh, it's one of the core products so it was um, yeah it was basically one of the core products of darkscope yeah. um, to make the services DarkScope delivers possible, so I got really deep into the search engine and how to create them and what need to be considered. And uh, have you been have you been following
1: along with uh, blockchain land at the time, or is that a more recent?
0: I have I have followed up with blockchain um, technology, yeah. yes, but I haven't been in crypto market or anything like that at that point in time. No. Yeah. So then, how do you get
1: from building your own building your own search? Creating a creating a company, uh, having clients being successful to this whole decentralized version
0: of it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do um, a search engine that is different to what we are now into, and um, I basically started talking to Gareth, and Gareth was the person who who brought the the crypto and blockchain side closer okay. to to the search engine.
1: Gareth, your co-CEO. Yeah,
0: co-CEO and co-founder, Gareth Evans. So uh, we both were then working on okay. How can we make? I, I told him about the idea that I want to do a search engine and yeah. it should be decentralized. And I also want to do um, um, the the yeah, in creating the index and stuff like that. So that was what I talked about him. We had already the name that was a um, something I found or I wanted to have. But that's that's what is. And then we started working on it. So what is Timpi? And what what's the name? Timpi was the name, name from where, d- where does that come from? Um it comes from I think Filipino and means self-control or taking back control. Oh interesting. Okay. So Matimpi is um, a variation of it, but yeah. I'm not a language expert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, t- taking back control then. Yeah. Uh so I use search every day like a lot of people and uh, you know, sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm frustrated. Sometimes I switch up my version that I'm using. Uh, so, it, if I were interested in taking back control, like, where do where do I even start? Because, you look at you look at Google, right? And they're they're everywhere. They're massive. Yes. They're, there's not, there's nothing bigger than they've had this uh, stranglehold on the market for a long time. Uh, and so, what are my alternatives? And how do you even go about like addressing that and tackling that market?
0: Yeah. I think we need to maybe start with what is a search engine. Sure. Uh, because um, there is a little bit of misconception. So we um, we have only six indexes worldwide. So a, a web index is basically the inventory of the internet, and uh, we have Google, Bing, um, Baidu, Yandex, and now Timpi, who um, have their own web scale index. So this index is the base for if you search for something, it will be searched in this index. So if you look at other search engines like DuckDuckGo, they utilize Bing as their data source, and then they deliver the results um, out of Bing's index. When we started Timpy, we were sure that we can't just utilize someone else's index because we won't solve the problem. So that would involve like paying Bing to use their search. Paying Bing to use their search, but also on our side, what we wanted to do is we wanted to deliver um, unbiased information. So if you use someone else's index, you don't have control over their search algorithms. That means it won't be unbiased. So um, that was um, one of the first things we we developed or we, we designed was basically the index. How can we create an index that is decentralized? And um, that was the first step we did, actually. To go back and
1: talk about a few more things here about what happens in search. So you need an index. So when you search for something, it's not possible to actually search within all these web pages all yeah. as you are searching. So they get indexed in advance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to my mind, this requires like a massive data center to require an index of all the information. Is that, is that right? It requires a lot of computing power, yes. A lot of computing power. Uh, And so, I mean, one of my questions when I was thinking about talking about search was like how, aside from PageRank, which started a long time ago, how did all of the search accrue with just so few providers in terms of the index? Like, is is it that because it's difficult?
0: It is difficult and relatively expensive if you do it on a centralized approach. So if you say, as you said, you need a data center that costs you a couple of million Um, And then you don't have a customer yet. So you you already spend a lot of money into the data center uh, and then you have to run the data center and then you start creating your index. So that's a very inefficient way um, because you have a lot of upfront cost. And um, that's what it's keeping a lot of um, um, businesses who tried in the past to create an index um, from being successful because the cost was just too high. They always tried it in a very centralized way. And um, that was the one of the challenges we solved with our decentralization, because we do not need to have a data center. We don't have a data center. but You
1: don't have a data center. <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> and so, like DuckDuckGo, they're uh, sort of championing this idea of um, privacy as well. Yeah. And are they? They must be. Uh, do they advertise that they use Bing's search results and they don't do their own? They
0: don't advertise it, but they don't hide it either. Okay. So it's you know, um, it's I think. For someone who is in this area, is common knowledge. Yeah. Um, and yes, they do have their their um, story around that is uh, we protect your privacy because we don't know we don't track you as Bing would do. Um, they do have now um, admitted that they are sending some information back to Bing about about the user. Yeah. But all in all, they are pretty good from 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 the messaging point of view. Um, it uh, it doesn't solve the bias. Um, but it does protect you partially in, in terms of of your okay. um, of your privacy. Um, but they have quite good success. I mean, even if you look, it, it the, they have something around uh, zero point eight percent market share, which right. does not sound a lot. But if you look at the entire market size, um, they are valued as, at one billion dollars. Okay. So it's it's they make I think about a hundred million dollars in revenue. So it's it's a, even though they have a very small portion of the um, of the internet or of the market share, they are very successful.
1: Right. Compare with uh, Google last year, 224 billion in yeah. advertising revenue. Um, and presumably the ad revenue is tied to the search engine. Is that how that? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, so we've got only a few players in search uh, and now we've got Tim P. How are you doing it without a data center, without all this upfront cost and hardware?
0: Yeah. So we utilize our community. Basically, um, people can run our software. So we have developed um, software. Um, we have four different software packages, you can say, for four different roles. And um, people can run our software. It runs on any Windows machine. It runs on a Linux. We have um, about 1,800 beta testers, 1,800 to th- 2,000 beta testers right now. Um, most of them are in the area of collecting. So that's the going out and creating our index or getting the information for our index. And um, they run it on their own home computer. They have maybe um, a cloud computer. And um, that's how we create our, our own index. So these people
1: are just like running a Bitcoin Core node software. They download the package. And then from there, is it like hands off? And in their downtime or when, in their personal downtime, whenever their computer is, up, is running, it's going out and crawling. Is that what it's yep. doing? Yeah. And, yep. then, and then
0: does this create like, use how many? 1800? We have at the moment around 1800. We don't, uh, so I think the, the network in beta ran uh, with 500 um, um, collectors, and we were able to get uh, 2 billion pages per week. Okay. To our index so that's um, if in comparison Bing's index is yep. something around 5 billion pages. Okay the numbers vary and Google's index is around 15 billion pages and um, In our beta phase we were able to collect 2 billion pages per uh, per week um, Of course, there are some where we have to go more often and stuff like that, but so that sounds quite
1: quite good that sounds that it, sounds yeah, like it does work <laughs> it does work and like in terms of coordination how do you get uh 1800 nodes how do you get them all to coordinate their index together
0: so that you yeah. have so that you have like um results that are speedy like we expect yes so uh, besides the collector which is the crawling, uh, we have the um, guardian that is our storage so we store um, the information also completely decentralized so um member of the community run computers and give us storage space then we have um, the geocore and the geocore is the central coordination part in the entire network so what we have developed is a network protocol we call it Tap. so this network protocol um, allows the network not only to run smoothly but it also grows autonomously um, I think I can talk all hours about that, but <laughs> it's basically the geo course and um, another part in the geo course called coordinator is taking care of coordinating um, all the um, collectors, guardians and everything together and make sure that um, the latency is very low. Yeah. I mean, if you search for something, you don't want to wait minutes for it. So every time you search something on Timpy, you will basically hit the next geo core, and the geo core now is the next storage node where to ask for information. Okay. So we, in the beta testing we do right now, we have a response time of around 800 milliseconds. Um, sometimes it can take a little bit more, a uh, little bit longer, 1400 milliseconds, but is that is actually on par with what you see on Google. So it was important for us to have not only the decentralized way and and yeah. the philosophy behind Timpi, but also. To have this similar user experience
1: that, that's right it's great it's great to have a decentralized search index right but if you can't uh, search for what you want to eat for dinner before dinner time <laughs> then it then it doesn't help right yeah. okay so a thousand milliseconds is one second and you're getting results under or well under well second. under that yeah uh, you know like I remember years ago when Google started posting up how long search results took and uh, it would be like kind of interesting for a l- for a little while but it always return results incredibly fast. So I, yeah. I was always wondering why they still displayed like that information <laughs> about how, how long it took them to return. Yeah. Uh, same thing with like number of hits. I was like, I don't care if there's
0: 1.2 million, million. You know, or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Ex- ex- exactly. They, they have gotten slower. I don't know if you noticed. But uh, they, I haven't. They have been on 400 milliseconds for a long, long time. Okay. And now they are up to 6, 7, 8 as well is interesting okay. it might be the entire analytics they have to run in parallel and yeah um, so they have they have gotten a little bit slower okay I and mean, they s- are still blinding fast so. this
1: is where you're comparing your your return result time yeah um and, and that that also is, is comparable and so like in terms of in terms of like the messaging and the packet transfer overhead it, se- it still seems to me like like a whole heap did you
0: like write software to s- organize all of this together? Yes. Yeah. We have, um, everything is developed in-house. Yeah. And even the network protocol is unique in its in its kind because it's, um, so in order for us to have a decentralization, we, ne- we need to manage the growth. So how do we grow a network that is completely decentralized? And we also need to make sure that we keep a balance between, for example, we can't afford to have 10,000 crawlers and no storage where to put it. Yep. So the network, um, the TAP network, um, issues or, or, or yeah allows new nodes into the network where it is needed and when it is needed. And that does it completely on its own. There's no human interference. And
1: that's a uniquely <laughs> decentralized problem to have because yeah. uh, uh, Bing knows when they're going to be increasing their capacity. Yeah, And they slap a new server on the
0: data center, but we just can't yeah. have that in this way.
1: Uh, when you come out of beta, are you going to be like limiting how many people can join or like how far out have you tested? How many... How many people do you either need to run a good index or do you want to run?
0: Yeah, we do have the um, It's part of our business plan where we actually see, okay, where do we want to be and what time frame? So if we want to hit uh, five billion uh, pages in in terms of index size, what is it we need to to, to do to get there? And we have that in there and our plan is for the next six years, what we have outlined so far. And um, so it's, it's we end up with around six or seven thousand um, um, nodes on okay. our network. Sounds like a lot. Yeah, but there are yeah <laughs> there <Yeah>. are <have> decentralised <laughs> projects out there that are way larger than that. For sure. Yeah. And uh, are you already
1: uh, global, or are you like restricted to New Zealand in any way?
0: No, we are completely global. Yeah. I mean, even even our team is global. So we okay. have team members from um, United States, Canada. Um, Dubai, uh, Bali, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand, of course. Uh, right. Yeah. And uh, okay, so uh,
1: de- decentralized search. So I- I'm guessing it works. That's. Yep, it does work. Maybe I should have asked that first. Is does it? <laughs> does it work? It does work.
0: <laughs> it does work very well. Yes.
1: It does work very well. All right. So your version of search works very well. We've got five others that also work. Yep. Um, Talk talk about bias. So this seems like almost a bit of an impossible problem. As soon as you bring up the idea of bias, you're, you're thinking like, oh, there's a human perspective that's involved here. Perhaps you can you can tell me what you think. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, personally, I have noticed this. If you put in a bit of effort to get off of Google and try the other search options, you do tend to see different results. Yes. Um, now, maybe I'm not searching for extremely biased things, but how do you how do you address this? What are
0: you doing to do that? I mean, first of all, the, what we mean with bias is one bias is the financial background. So if you look into uh, most search engines, um, it is financial driven, how they show the first page of results. It's basically who pays most. So um, if we remove or when we removed that out of the occasion, uh, occasion in, in Timpy, because we don't have that, um, it helps a lot because then we don't need to take care of showing um, the best paying customer first that we okay. don't have that. And then we have other biases. And um, we follow the principle that we say a search engine should not have an opinion. So that means we... That sounds terrific. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I think, when we go back a decade or so, uh, Google tend to not have an opinion. It just you know, evolved in that early days from Google was really something what Timpy is now. Um, they just lost somehow their way. It's um, We don't want to um, force someone into believing something. We just want to present all information available. That's it. So um, our algorithm is mainly driven through um, when you search for something, what is the most likely page that will help you with the information? in terms of just content driven. So there is no bias in terms of is that a very large page that pays us a lot of um, ad revenue or whatever, we don't have that at all. So that helps us a lot. We also have a governance process that helps us deciding on stuff that we need to be decided on. So when we talk about unbiased, it's in reality, it's a um, society bias because you can't be really unbiased. Someone has to make some call. And instead of us in a, in, a, in an office just making a call, <laughs> we just go out to the community and right. say, "Hey, we have to make a call in this uh, on this topic. What is it you want so that makes it a society bias, which is a lot better than just a small group of people right <laughs>
1: uh, okay and how do you go about how do you go about like testing this? How do you go about like doing some a v testing or being like our Do we have it it right, or are you not even worried about having your bias in check and the community is going to somehow figure
0: that out? Yeah, I mean, when I talk about bias, it's around what is it we want we will not show. So it's not about how we show or how we rate it. As I said, the rating is really, or the ranking, is really based on relevance. There's no bias in there. But if we then go further and say we can't show some content, obviously, for legal reasons and stuff like that. And there might be content we don't want to show or the community doesn't want to see. And that's where we have a governance process that helps us to make this kind of decisions. So there is a lot of ethics uh, in a search engine. And now, who decides on this ethics? In um, all centralized search engines, um, it's a group of people. (laughs) Ethics committee, um, the board or whatever it is. On TIMPY, it's Everyone who wants to have a say can basically tell us how is um, Timpy developing in terms of its ethics because we don't want to make this call.
1: Yeah, you said like 10 years ago, Google was maybe without bias and then and then it got away from them, right? So if it got away from them... Yep. I I view this as like it could have gotten away from a bunch of people sitting in a room being like, this is okay, this is not okay. But it, feel, it feels like it got away from them, like, at the machine level, at the machine learning algorithm level in order to produce results. Yep. Um, and you see this in a lot of social media, right? And, and so, so now to try to counteract this sort of ghost in the machine, uh, you see on Twitter, or I guess on X, now you see, yep. you see like, users wanted to provide you some context mm-hmm. to, to this tweet. Um, and... So would there be any like contextual additions in in a in a Tempe search um, maybe, maybe that's not not necessarily a good question but like how do you see how do you see it evolving?
0: yeah so we do have um, we do have the ability or the users have the ability to do this contextual as well and and can basically um, write comments or uh, rate pages um, on on our search engine so you see what pages. You know, well regarded, and which is right. not. Um, that's one part um, where we where we have the ability to add more content to it, basically, or more more context to a search result. Do
1: you think that this is going to be forever required now? Search going forward, or uh, th- things things like this, all these considerations, contextual analysis. Um, what about safe mode? Is there a safe mode? You know, like like browsing didn't used to have a safe mode.
0: Yeah, there's um, no safe mode yet. Okay. Uh, we might consider a safe mode where you can just um, exclude pictures you don't want to see. Yeah. Um, that's that's for sure. Um, that that will probably come. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, that seems like a fairly simple thing these days to add in pornographic content uh, in terms of image analysis can can be filtered out. Yeah. Um, and, and and that sort of thing. Um, so. Where do I go to get my like pro-Russian view, or to get my like Russian-English translated uh, viewpoint on the conflict there? Uh, because this would be one of the main areas where like American-centric tech
0: would have their own specific viewpoint, and they'd actively be filtering. Yeah, I mean, you see, um, as I said, we we don't filter or we we don't filter anything. So yeah. if when we when we collect our index, we will grab pages from Russia, Asia, everywhere. Yeah. And um, if they are in the right language that you speak in English, for example, then um, we will show you all the results and then the algorithm will decide on based on the on the content and the relevancy to your search query, if this page is interesting for you, we don't care about where it is located, actually. So that makes it then you do see um, the Western point of view, let's put it that way. We look at the Russian Ukraine crisis. Western point of view, you will certainly also see the, the the Russian point of view, because we don't we don't can we can't differentiate between those two in our algorithms.
1: Okay, okay. Possible. And am I just am I just like uh, am I just like going down a path that that doesn't really matter? Are you folks actively interested in this sort of thing? Or are you more keen on having like the technology work the way that you intend it it to work?
0: I mean, really, what we want is, um, and that's the search is just the first one. I mean, okay. if you look into what we have is our index. Index is our core of Tempi, because that allows us to do a lot more than just having a search engine. So what we want is we want to change how we access information today. If you look into how it is today, is you rely on the big guys. So yep. um, if we look into, let's say, we want to create a large language model. Let's go into AI. Yep. Um, where do you get your data sets from? It's only the, the big guys who have the data sets. So you rely on those data sets or on the pre-formatted data sets, but there's no alternative. And um, these data sets are also biased. We know because the search engine is biased. It's not a secret. So we can provide you with a data set out of our index that is completely unbiased because our index is unbiased.
1: Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. So
0: that's the other uh, other side or other, you know, other side of the coin where we we can utilize the index in many, many ways. And our, we want to really change how we access information um, in terms of it, it should be unbiased, it should be not tempered with, it should be just the information. And then you have the opportunity to create your own opinion out of all the information you get. So we want to remove as much as possible the echo chamber um, philosophy yep. we have. How are you going to make any money?
1: what you know business model time business model time. how's timpy going
0: to keep food on your table yeah so we do have advertisement but that's out uh, outside and besides the um the search results so it doesn't you know it doesn't interfere with the search results so we do have advertisement um the benefit of running advertisement on timpy is first of all um of course we are new the new kid on the block so we have we are cheaper um but also um for someone who advertises with us, he advertises in a platform that is unbiased and ethical. Um, and that's a, a huge benefit today. In sure, that's part. a hot buzzword, right? Yeah, It is. It is a hot buzzword and it is beneficial. And that's where we can attract advertisers um, that use our platform to um, have their advertisement. It's still targeted as advertisement, but we have a complete different approach where we, don't, we do not target the user. In terms of targeted advertisement, we do it in a complete new and different way, which is still allows targeted and very efficient advertisement without using the user's information because we don't store any right. user information. Okay,
1: I mean, yeah, I guess really that's what we were getting at when we said that they lost their way, right? Is um, ha- having an, a, an account tied to tied to the search results that are then then targeting you? Yeah, I uh, think- you said no ads and results. What do you what do you mean by that?
0: So um, if you have uh, if you run your query, yeah. and uh, you get your search results, there won't there won't be an, any advertisement, but there will be advertisement on the right hand side, for example, of the web page itself. All right, so it's on the page. It's on the page, but not interfering with the search results itself. Okay, and will not. We don't have ranking, as I said, ranking for products who pays the most. I think the the other one you can also say, which is really cool. For, for for Google, you as a user are the product. You are not the customer. So Google uses you as their product. And on Timpey, you are basically our customer. And that's a huge difference in terms of how we treat you. I, I
1: yeah, it sounds good. Let's <laughs> let, let's go for it. Let's bring let's bring it on. So spillover from business model, how are you gonna make money? how are you going to incentivize me to sign up to run your software?
0: Yeah, um, we do utilize um, blockchain and cryptocurrency. Okay. So we have our own uh, token that runs on um, on NewTaro, which is a blockchain, layer one blockchain. And um, users um, will be... Um, reimbursed or will, will earn Tippy tokens, basically, or UTARO tokens. So there's this token economy going on? Yeah, there's a token yeah. economy going on where when they run our software, they can basically, they collect um, tokens, and then they can use these tokens for either way sell them or do um, buy other services or anything from it, yeah. yeah. And is, that's on Cosmos, uh, I yeah. read in your Yeah, in we're, your reading, we're running on the Cosmos SDK, okay. which is the layer one, you can say. And then we have our own Layer uh, layer 0 and we have our own Layer 1 um, native blockchain or we utilize new TARU.
1: Right. Okay. So you use the Cosmos SDK and then your Layer 1, but it's
0: also tied into the Cosmos ecosystem? Yes. So uh, all Cosmos blockchains have the ability to connect to each other via the IBC. It's an um, it's an interchain. It's, it's a bridge between blockchains. So we can um, connect to all other blockchains within the Cosmos ecosystem.
1: How's Cosmos getting on these days? I haven't checked in with them in a while. They yeah, have
0: really good release just two weeks ago where they have a, a, a shared trust and, and stuff like that. Really interesting. All right.
1: Hopefully, we're coming out of uh, out of the bottom of the market and people will get a little bit more excited about yeah. uh, anything other than Ethereum Layer 2s That seems to be taking off. Well, why, why did you choose to do it that way
0: with your? With the blockchain? With Cosmos? Yeah. Um, we, we were looking at Ethereum as well at some point, but we didn't like the idea at the end um, of, of being a layer two. So basically, um, if you, as a layer two, as a token on Ethereum, you rely on the governance process of the layer one, which is Ethereum. Yep. So there's not much you can do in terms of governance. Yes, you can smart contract your way through some stuff, but yep. really, if you want to have the, the freedom of, of um, um, having your own custom-built blockchain, you need to go layer layer one yourself. And that was why we, we went with Cosmos. Cosmos' um, view of blockchain is really um, custom-built blockchain for every application because it does make sense. It's then hard-coded yep. into the binary. You don't need to work with smart contracts and you know do funny stuff with it.
1: And uh, so I did see your logo on Cosmos page. Do you know how many they're running these days? I not, not off the top of my mind, now yeah, no. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. It's a big list. <laughs>
0: 35, 40, I, I don't know. I think once okay. ones and uh, same amount in, in, um, in testnet as well.
1: I want to shift gears here a little bit, looking at the, the clock. Uh, I, I read this, you wrote about AI, Yeah. which I know you're also quite interested in. Uh, you're, some people are afraid that Skynet might become a reality in the future. To prevent this happening, we need to introduce an AI code of ethics which might be hard to do, uh, brings up questions as who defines those ethics and uh, who should enforce them, and we need to answer these questions first. Uh, and I I thought it was quite interesting that you wrote this in 2019 yep. on LinkedIn. Uh, how have things did changed? <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, in terms of um, people are still afraid of Skynet. Yes. Um And there's been this past year a ton of chatter about ethics. Yeah. Uh, Do you think things have changed a lot since
0: ChatGPT and so on? It's gotten worse. I mean, it's really ChatGPT and a lot of people. So first of all, when we look at ChatGPT, people think that we are at the state where AI understands you, but that's not really the case. And I think we need to realize that and that will also solve some of the issues um, when we when we talk about ChatGPT, for example. Um, we see it does give you wrong answers, but it also it also uh, declines to give you some answers. So now, if we think right. about why does it decline it, it's because someone did manually decide this should be declined, and that's where I see the challenge right now because we haven't still haven't done the ethics. We still haven't done um, a really wide framework that is publicly accepted in terms of how do we create AIs, especially like language models, but also how do we train and tell them what not to do? And that's the bigger challenge right now. And it hasn't changed a lot, unfortunately. They're still not, you know, governments are very slow sometimes yeah. when it comes to regulations. <laughs> so they are five, six, seven years behind. Um, and the industry itself is not, it's not working on that right now to really follow a, a common framework or something like that.
1: Would you guess or posit that there's too many humans in that loop for uh, doing their training? Too many humans that then
0: either unconsciously or consciously are bringing their bias to the situation? Yeah, it's that. And as I said, we don't have a, I mean, even the humans who work on AI right now, what is it they they should do? And it comes back, I mean, if you, you know, we started with cybersecurity. If you don't have policies and procedures, you go into common sense. But common sense is different from person to person. So and that's what people do in AI right now as well. They do they go with common sense with their own common sense. So that's the bias we have because we don't have policies and procedures and frameworks in place. And that's why, you know, that's why I really ended up here <laughs> because of it all comes back to frameworks. And yep. I, I started my career with frameworks. OK. <laughs>
1: Uh, and here we are still banging on about them
0: yes, still twenty five years later we're still banging on with it but hey we are working on it doing
1: some interesting stuff along the way um, uh, you folks are also dabbling in AI yep uh, yes. and we, ha- so how's that going to integrate how's that gonna help my my search or whatever it is that yeah, you're we up
0: already talking? do I mean as you as you mentioned um, identifying photos that you don't want to see it's an AI model yeah um helping you um, in terms of um what we do is word vectors, for example. So if you search for something, what is the neighboring um, word that you might be interested in as well? What's that called? Word vector,
1: word vectors? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you, you create um, word families. So um, cat, dog, pet, um, as, as an okay. example. So that's where you can then if someone searches for 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 a dog, for example, he might have a general interest in pets. And that helps us in terms of the advertisement, but also you as a user in terms of your search experience. Because if you search for something that we don't know about, we might know the overlaying um, word or group.
1: Okay. Oh, well, that's interesting and because you're not piggybacking off someone else, you're doing this yourself.
0: We have to do it ourselves, yeah. yeah. So we basically have to do... Uh, and that's an um, AI. Um, we have a large language model. I can't talk about it yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But um, there are some some um, other AI models we also use yep. and utilize. So it's, yeah, we, and we either way train them ourselves entirely. We used um, a pre-trained model partially and enhance them with our own training. Yep. I mean, it's co- quite commonly done today. Use a pre-trained model if it fits your purpose. And then you specialize it in, in, um, in certain tasks. Yeah. Um, all right. When can we see more? So we will have our um, beta release next month. Okay. of the search engine, Timpy.com. So we're just in August. Is that September then? It's end of, end of September. Is okay. Yep. Um, so end of September, we will have our um, public release beta. It's still beta, but it's public release. And then yep. you can go on to and give it a go. Give it a go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I got some rapid fire questions for you before we go. Sure. Google or Bing? You have to choose. Who's
0: worse or who's best? <laughs>
1: Who who do you set to your default when you have to choose? Uh, Google for for better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, and are we anywhere near a singularity with LLMs and AI? No. No. Okay. No. Uh, and number three. Who is Satoshi? Satoshi. Oh dear. I,
0: I yes, I know the name.
1: Um, Bitcoin. Bitcoin guy, yeah.
0: Bitcoin maker, the maker of Bitcoin, uh, allegedly.
1: Allegedly. Who is allegedly. Satoshi Nakamoto? I don't know. All
0: right, neither do I.
1: <laughs> Thank you very it's much not for me. coming in. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll mark that down. You're off the list. Yes. There we go. <laughs> now you are. Cheers. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, folks. Look out for the next episode of the Blockchain New Zealand podcast, probably in the same spot you found this one. Cheers.